Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. This Sunday, a Sunday when we remind ourselves about gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, about casting our mind back and in the midst of pursuing other things, remembering how faithful you have been. Help us so that our hearts overflow with gratitude, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. And together we all say amen and amen. Go on, if you're online, you can type the amen into the chat. Um, for a few minutes, just before we, because the focus this Sunday is really just thanking God, having a heart of gratitude to God. Um, and, and we're going to give time for that, time for us to thank Him as we praise Him and as we worship Him. But for a few minutes, just to give it some context. Um, I want to talk to you about something I have titled Crazy Praise. Go on, you want to say that with me? Crazy Praise. Um, the, 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 the background uh, to that is taken from a story, a story that you all know out of uh, 2 Samuel, the sixth chapter. Um, 2 Samuel, the sixth chapter. We we won't have time to read the whole story, um, so we'll just paraphrase it. Now, it, it was time for David to bring the Ark of the Covenant of God, the Ark of God, back into Jerusalem. It had been captured, but then it had been retaken and was going to be brought back into Jerusalem. And on another day, we'll look at why and how. But in bringing the ark in, um, David didn't, and, and those who were carrying the ark didn't follow the exact process. God had laid down a process as to how the ark was to be brought in. He laid this down very clearly in the book of Levit Leviticus and in the book of 1 Chronicles, explained why he was angry that they didn't do that. So instead of bringing the ark how it was supposed to be brought, carried, um, poles and on the shoulders of the Levites, they devised a, a new way. In their mind, it was a faster and quicker way to take this ark into Jerusalem. So they, they put the ark on a new cart. It wasn't supposed to be taken on a cart. And then they brought it out of the house of Abinadab um, and were on their way um, to Jerusalem, and um, two sons of Abinadab, Uzan and Ahio, accompanied the ark. Um, along the way, uh, the donkeys stumbled, and it, it, it looked like the ark was going to fall over, and um, Uzzah stretched out his hand, uh, ostensibly to help God. Don't forget, the ark was the symbol of God, um, and to steady the ark so that the ark didn't fall over. And when he did that, um, God was so angry with him 
that God killed him. Now, when David heard that God had struck him dead for that error, um, and really it was for a lot of other things, um, David was afraid of this ark. I mean, if God is killing someone for, for trying to steady the ark, what will happen if this ark comes close to you or spends time with you? And so David, and don't ask me why, it, he chose Obed-Edom. David said to them, take this ark to the house of that man, Obed-Edom, the Gidite. Now, when we get to heaven, we'll find out what David had against Obed-Edom because he must have had something against him. This thing kills people. Take it to Obed-Edom's house. And, and he took it to Obed-Edom's house. But something amazing happened. Um, three months later, David heard that Obed-Edom is not dead, Mrs. Edom is not dead, neither are the Edom children dead. On the contrary, they've prospered. Things are going so well for them. The businesses are working, they're doing well in school, they're top of their class, they don't have any financial worries. Mrs. Edom is looking so good every day, every Sunday in church. And, and so David said, wow, go and take the ark from Obed-Edom's house and bring it back. Uh, and, and so he did. He sent them, the, the Bible says from verse 12, now it was told King David saying, the Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom and, and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. You know, the presence of God there had totally transformed the life of Obed-Edom's family. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six spaces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Jesus. To help you understand the significance of that, David was king. There was a certain decorum with regards to that position. He was supposed to comport himself in a certain way. But when he saw what the ark did for Obed-Edom, he understood the significance of this ark. He went and took the ark, and in this elaborate ceremony, elaborate praise, he brought the ark back into the city of David. They tell us that it's quite a number of miles, the distance between where he took the ark and brought it into David. And every six steps, he would stop the entire procession and sacrifice a, a, a calf uh, to the Lord every six steps. That must have seemed tedious, unnecessary to some who observed it. 
maybe a bit showy to others. But there was something that was driving David that maybe they didn't understand. Something that made David say, I've got to worship God, praise God in this crazy way. And so I thought to myself as I got into David's head, I wonder what was going through David's mind so that every six steps, David would stop the entire procession. It wasn't just three or four people. There were singers and dancers and priests and all kinds of people. David would stop them and then go through this elaborate process of sacrificing these animals to God. So I got into David's head. And I think some of you might identify. And when you, when you identify, you know what I want you to say? Yes, so. <laughs> when you identify. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. So the first thing that I think stopped David was when he thought to himself, as they were praising God and, and walking, six steps later, he thought in his mind, God chose me as king. <laughs> there were many people who were better qualified. But God chose me. I don't know if anybody has ever been there where you know that this one is just God. I don't deserve it. I'm not qualified. But somehow... God chose me. The second thing that he remembered, six steps later, his mind went back to that day when the prophet came to his house to anoint the new king. He remembered how he wasn't even considered how even his own father paraded all his brothers before the prophet because even his own father did not think that he was qualified. Has anybody been there? When the people closest to you are the ones who are overlooking you, not remembering you, not acknowledging you, and sometimes they don't mean harm. In their estimation, you don't qualify. He actually remembered as he stopped at that second set of six steps that even the anointed man of God, oh, aren't you glad that it does not depend on even the pastors, the vicars, the overseers, the bishops, the general overseers, Aren't you glad that God says that I choose to have mercy on whom I choose to have mercy? I don't call a committee. I don't call a council. I just choose to have mercy. Because even the anointed man of God, the prophet, when Eliab passed before him, the prophet with all the anointing on him said, this must be the king. And God said, no, 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 no. Prophet, with all your anointing, you're looking on the outside, but I search the heart. When David remembered that his family wasn't there for him, the prophet had got it wrong, but God 
had decided that he was writing David into the plan. He said, let's sacrifice another animal to God. Can someone say yes, sir? The third set of six, six steps, I suspect, as he took six steps for the third time, he remembered Goliath. He remembered that day when his father sent him to take food to his brothers. He wasn't even of the age to join the army. And he remembered seeing Goliath pacing up and down Nine feet of solid muscle, taunting Israel and taunting the God of Israel. He remembered how his brothers chastised him for meddling in things that were, that were not his business. He remembered the righteous indignation that rose up in him. That why will this uncircumcised Philistine be taunting this nation and taunting the God of this nation. <laughs> he remembers how in his youthful exuberance, he picked up five pebbles and a sling to go against this giant. I'm not sure if he remembered this, but those people who understand this tell us five is the number of grace. So in his pockets, he was carrying the grace of God. Has anybody ever been there where you know this one? was simply by the grace of God. And he remembered how he let, let, out from, let off from his sling one pebble. Remember the pebble finding the forehead of Goliath. Goliath falling flat in front of him, bowing in worship. I don't know if anybody can identify with a Goliath in your life sometime in the past. It looked like it wouldn't go. It taunted you. It mocked you. It mocked your faith. It stood there daring you. But somebody here or somebody at the hub, somebody online knows that that Goliath has fallen face down and that's why you're still here. If that's you, let's hear your yes -oh. And then I guess the fourth set, step of, fourth set of six steps, he must have thought about his life, how he ended up the king's son-in-law. <laughs> when they told David that the king wants you to marry his daughter, listen to David's response. 1 Samuel 18, verse 18. Who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be the son-in-law to the king? Someone knows they've been there. You might not have said it out to other people, but you've been there. Where you have thought, who am I? Yesterday, no, two days ago, I got a lovely personal letter from the king commiserating with us on the passing of my father. Very personal letter. Talked about the family motto and how the family motto had touched him when he had seen it. So I read the letter. I said, who are you, Aguiruku? From Amokwitem. <laughs> in Bende, local government area of Abia State in Nigeria. And some of you are following me to Amokwitem. That's my ancestral hometown. And the king is writing you a pe very personal letter. 
I can't even publish it because it is very, very, very personal. So I say, who are you? With all your issues? You don't know all my issues. Thank God the Holy Spirit doesn't exactly gossip. <laughs> That's why I also don't know all your issues. But God is, is carrying us with our weaknesses, our frailties, our failings. Someone here is saying, who am I? Between God, between you and me, you know that I have messed it up. But you still have given me another chance. Is there anybody who is saying... The fifth set of six steps was that he thought to himself, and he had to stop them. He thought of how many times Saul had tried to kill him. Who caused the spare not to <clears throat> be thrust through his heart? Who delivered him from all those times? And as he thought about it, if it was not for the grace of God, I would not be alive. He said, please stop this procession and let's worship God. I don't know if there's anyone online or at the harbor here who knows of a truth that if it was not for the grace of God, I will not be alive sitting here or watching online. Only three or four people here. And someone might even be able to tell us a testimony. I survived that accident. I survived that sickness. I survived that encounter. And you know what would amaze all of us? When we get to heaven and find out the number of things we've survived that we had no idea about, that God's grace and mercy just kept us through, we will marvel. Is there somebody whose testimony that is? And then the sixth set, step, set of six steps. I'm certain this one, about this one. When he looked back and saw the procession, looked at himself wearing that linen ephod, realized he was king. I'm sure you agree with me, he remembered Adulam. Ah, Adulam was tough. An outcast, ostracized, hiding in a cave. And the interesting thing was that he was anointed to be king. That's what complicated matters. And someone understands what I mean. When God has said, God has told you, God has spoken, the prophecy has come. You've received the word in your heart, but your circumstances are telling you a totally different story. And you're saying to yourself, this doesn't line up with what I know. The cave was hard. He would sleep on that floor and wonder, is this the lot of a king? And then he looks around at his companions. And they are the dregs of the earth. Distressed, discontented. When he thought... He brought me from Adulam to the palace. Ah, he said to them, stop. Some crazy praise. I don't know if there's anybody who can look back and say, Lord, 
of a truth you picked me from miry clay and you set my feet on high ground. That that's my testimony. If that's you, let's hear you say yes, oh. And then when he remembered how he was roaming and hiding in the wilderness, number seven. The Bible records it in 1 Samuel 23, 13 and 14. David and his men, 600 of them, began roaming the countryside, hiding in the wilderness. And you know, if you've never been in a wilderness experience, you won't understand what I'm talking about. Where it just, your question is, where is God in this? It seems like the heavens have gone silent. It seems like your prayers are bouncing off a brass ceiling. It seems like God is so distant. All that is keeping you is your faith. You've gone past the feelings, and it is just your faith that God said, he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. And sometimes we find ourselves in these roaming seasons where we are roaming around. Sometimes we find ourselves in these wilderness seasons where we are going through a dry spell, a dry patch. Even the best of us. And all we can hold on to are the, the, is the anchor, the foundations. That this book is not a book of fables. That that word that I received was from the Lord. That that prophecy will come to pass. And when we arrive there and we look back, we cherish those wilderness experiences because we realize that it actually brought us closer to God. Has anybody ever been there? Just two of us. Number eight, as we come towards the end. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been at a place where it looks like it's over. <laughs> Everything has closed down. There's no way out. When he got to Ziglag, they had taken everything that was precious to him. His wife was, wife, wives were gone. His children were gone. They burnt the whole town down. Grown soldiers, tough men, wept like children. Their pain was such at the loss that they turned on him and were ready to kill him because he had taken them out on a raid and left the home flank exposed. It looked like it was over. I don't know if, if anyone is going to praise God because it did look like it was over. 
But the God of the second chance, the God of restoration, the God who says it's not over until I say it is over, had took you through. And in your case, you pursued, you overtook, and you recovered all. And you will continue to recover all. If that's you, let's hear your yes, oh. And if you're online, please type the yes, oh, into the... Number nine, as we come to it, towards the end, there are just ten. There were more steps, but this is just ten. When he must have remembered, as he was taking the, those nine, the ninth set of six steps, when he was finally crowned king of Israel at the age of 30, Depending on what commentary you read, this was between 15 and 20 years after God had anointed him. And someone might understand what I'm saying. Where God has told you something, but there's a waiting period. I want to declare over your lives that there are certain things God has spoken concerning you. This is the season by the grace of God for some, of, for some people's waiting period to come to an end. The joy of arriving, the joy of a dream coming to pass, the joy of realizing that this, this, is, this is what he has prayed for, what he has believed for, that will be someone's portion. And you know, for someone, because faith is the currency of our kingdom, that's where strange beings, as Christians, someone will praise God in the next few minutes as if it has already happened because they want to send a message of faith to God that I haven't seen it, I haven't touched it, but you've said it, I believe it, and I'm, that's the end of the matter. If that's you, can someone say yes, so? Yes, and lastly... Lastly, I'm sure part of those steps was him, the tenth set of six steps was him praising God for favor. <laughs> you know, favor is a crazy thing. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 18 verse 4, David continued to succeed in everything he did for the Lord was with him. Everything he did. Why? Because the Lord was with him. Someone will understand that the Lord is with me. That he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. That his being with me is not dependent on my works. That he has just decided that he's with me. It's a crazy thing when God decides he's with you. Of course, we don't encourage sin. But believe me, God just decides he's with you. He's with you. He's with you. <laughs> it's almost like life is rigged. That's how David felt. So David commits an atrocious sin. This is my take. 
And God looks at this thing and decides that he's going to kill David. But you know the beauty for you and I, Jesus is sitting next to God. The Bible says he makes intercession daily for us. So what does Jesus do? My case and your case. He leans over to God and he starts to make intercession for you and I. And what is grace? The Holy Spirit is now dispatched, frankly, already in us, to convict us so that in our conviction, we repent and we go back to God. It's how life is rigged for the Christian. When we go back to God with genuine repentance, brokenness, a contrite heart, the blood of Jesus Christ, this life is rigged for you and I. This is why Satan hates us. The blood of Jesus Christ absolves us. The accuser of the brethren goes to God to say, Sister Tung, Sister Angela, Brother Mark, didn't you see what they were doing? And God says, I didn't. <laughs> the accuser says, but you don't forget anything. God says, I forgot this one. He says, but you can't forget it. Because you see the end from the beginning. You have perfect knowledge. God said, this one, I forgot. It didn't exist. It doesn't exist. Because it's been thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. If somebody knows they have received God's grace, God's favor, let me hear your yes, so. I don't know if you identify with David, but that's why David danced like a crazy man. <laughs> he remembered all these things. He danced like a crazy man. And you know, when you're dancing like that and celebrating like that, it can be disconcerting to those who are watching. That's why you don't watch when people are praising God. It can, it can be disconcerting to you. Why is this guy doing that? But I always tell people, you don't know the story. As I end, as we go into pray, to, to thanking God for some time, I might have told you the story. I was in a church, and it's about to preach. And they'd done some real crazy praise. And this lady started rolling on the floor. You know, some people's expression of crazy praise is to roll on the floor. So she was rolling on the floor in front of us. And she was wearing a skirt. And the skirt kept riding up. And it was just messing my head up. I'm, I'm going to preach. Why is this woman, why is she doing this? this? Can't she just praise in a more civilized way? I just thought this is just so, this is so deeply cultural. And just, you know, I thought, what is all this? And the ushers were chasing her. So it was now a, it was now a, it was now it was now comic relief. The ushers were chasing her and she was rolling faster. The ushers were chasing her. Oh, Lord of mercy. I thought, God, this woman, just, you know, and I want to preach. And then they took testimonies. And that lady came up. And she shared a testimony as to how her heart 
had stopped 30 something times I think she said something crazy like that and how at one of one of the occasions the doctors thought it was over but God revived her and I felt God I felt God say to me that's why she's rolling on the floor so mind your business so please say to the person next to you for the next 20 minutes mind your business because you don't know my story. If PAI will give me this microphone, you will become part of my praise team if I tell you my story. So please mind your business. That was Mikhail's problem. She didn't mind her business. When David got home ecstatic, full of praise, Michael said to him, look at you, king. No decorum. King. I'm sure she was thinking in her mind, this is what happens when you marry these bush shepherds. <laughs> After all my training in etiquette, go and marry a bush shepherd, native boy. This is what happens. They will show you they are native. Instead of church, they will say, shush. Ah, don't let me go there. <laughs> Ow! Oh, don't let me go there. Just, just go and marry this. Just pick up this, this native shepherd. Now look at what the native shepherd is doing. Look at him. He said, you're making a fool of yourself before these slave girls, before these this, this workers in our house. But you know David. Ah, David was a gunslinger. David wouldn't let that go. He said, I'm a fool. For God but is that God that saw your father <laughs> saw your your uncles your brothers he didn't choose any of them to be king he chose this shepherd boy bush shepherd boy to be king for that God that didn't choose your father I will praise him can somebody rise to their feet we're going to praise God somebody say yes oh go and give God a clap offering Give God a clap offering. For 20 minutes, we are going to pour out some crazy praise. Crazy praise. Crazy praise. The Lord has done well, so let's applaud the Lord. Let's applaud the Lord. He's done so well. Thank you, Lord. Who are we that you are mindful of us? We give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you, almighty God. Hallelujah. I'll lift my hands. How great is our God. Hallelujah. Yes, you can start clapping your hands to the most high God. Hallelujah. God. 
Hallelujah. There's a, there's a, a misunderstanding of grammar. So the Bible says, David danced with a little of his might. With a little of his might? Okay. What does the Bible say? Uh, so say to the person next to you, well done. <laughs> say to them, you've done well. <laughs> but... But if I understand grammar correctly, that was not all of your might. Amen? So I think part of the problem is this spirit of cool. Mm, spirit of cool. You know, Dr. Nizor, you say, mm. So it's the spirit of cool. That's part of the problem. So I rebuke the spirit. I bind the spirit. I cast the spirit out. So what you need is the same spirit that was on David. So we're going to pray for the spirit of the Lord to come upon you so that you can dance like David danced. Amen? Amen. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart Hallelujah. I will Some people who are in the base and you, you want to come up, you want to come out, you're welcome. You're welcome. Upon my heart, I will dance like David. Hey, you know what? You know what? Will give me one second. Give me one second, please. <laughs> You know, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pigeon English phrase out of Africa. They say, don't fall my hand. Please. I know what I saw. This phrase, crazy praise, even if it's three minutes, must touch God. So please, I know some people around you are part of the problem. Move away from them. Because I don't know what wall is going to come down with this praise. So move away from them. Don't let the spirit of them come upon you because you want to praise God with everything that you have. And I know some of you, 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 you want to come forward. You're welcome to do so. Don't, don't mind them. Please, instrumentalists, please. Can you, can you, can the spirit come upon you too? That's more like it. 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 
That's more like it. That's more like it. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, 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 come on. That's more like it. That's more like it.
He's worthy of your tenses. He's worthy of your words. 
Hallelujah, 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 amen. Hallelujah, amen, amen. Just stay where you are, stay where you are if you're in the base, stay where you are in the hub, amen. You know one thing, stay where you are, well, stay where you are. One thing that I am sure of is that as we serve God, he will advertise himself in our lives, amen. You will be a billboard for God. You know, people will, people will see you and be attracted to your God. People will, will see you and they'll see God's goodness, God's mercies, God's grace. You know, sometimes uh, the, Bible, the first Bible people are going to see is your life. Amen? And, and, and what God does for you will speak volumes. People will know that you serve a God. Uh, people will know that you serve the almighty God. Uh, people will know that you serve the all-knowing God. People will wonder what grace is, but when they see your life, they will see grace. When they see your life, they will see mercies. Can someone say amen? Amen. Amen. So prophesy this to somebody. What the Lord has done for me. I cannot tell it all As you give your offering What the Lord has done for me I cannot tell it all What the Lord has done for me I cannot tell it all He saved me and washed me in it What the Lord has done What the Lord has done for me I cannot tell it all What the Lord Amen, 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 amen. You know, this is something you're telling somebody, not yourself, yeah? You know it yourself, but you're telling somebody, what the Lord has done for me, P.A.I. won't give me space to tell it all. Is, is, is that clear? Go on, instrumentalist, can you, can you help us? Go on, go on, go on, please, give us. Give us the bit, 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 the bit. Go on, tell somebody. I cannot tell what the Lord has done. What the Lord has done for me. I cannot tell it I cannot tell it all. He saved me and washed me with love. What the Lord has done. What the Lord. God's mercy, God's grace, God's compassion, God's faithfulness. 
So as they sing this song now, I want you to find someone. You're going to boast to them. Please, when you boast, have some attitude, please. What the Lord has done for me. I cannot tell it all. What the Lord has done for me. I cannot tell it all. What the Lord has done for me. I cannot tell it all. He sent me the one. As the choir sings, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Go on, tell them. With an attitude, tell them, hey, see what the Lord has done. Tell them, hey, see what the Lord has done. Tell them, hey, see what the Lord has done. Tell them, see what the Lord has done. Tell them, see what the Lord has done. I cannot tell it all. He said, the last time, find somebody for the last time with attitude. Tell them, this is the handiwork of God. What the Lord has done. Tell them, no! What the Lord has done. Tell them, aha! What the Lord has done. Tell them, aha! What the Lord has done. Tell them, what the Lord has done. I cannot tell it all. He saved me and was so. So I can Mechanics and the engineering of all that stuff. I don't know how Jericho, the Jericho wall came down. I just know that they shouted and it came down. Will, will you believe with me that anything that is standing between you and God's plans and purposes for your life must come down? Amen. Somebody say yes, oh. And so, we're just going to do that simply, just praise the Lord. And, and we'll do that eight times. Eight is the number of new beginnings. So I just join my faith with yours to believe that there are new beginnings. Amen. So when I say praise the Lord, I want you to say hallelujah. We'll do that eight times. 
and services done. We want to appreciate uh, Dr. Keonuzan and Miriam. We want to. We want to. We want to appreciate uh, a friend, a brother, a colleague, someone whose prayer life is just something I admire, and who played a part in birthing this church, Pastor Kemela Okara. Yeah. Are you ready for walls to come down? Yeah. Are you ready? You know. You know. Some people might be looking at us and thinking, "Why are they shouting? Why do you go to?" Concerts and some guys bouncing around on the stage. Ashake is going crazy, and, and all of you are shouting because Ashake is going crazy. Or, or you go to, or you go to, or you go to Stamford Bridge and and uh, they score. That thing is prophetic. They score because they are not scoring, but they score. <laughs> and you shout. So, you know, on a hill far away, on an old rugged cross, the ultimate goal was scored. We can shout for that goal. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord! Don't worry about the person next to you. Maybe they've sorted out everything. Focus on yourself. Praise the Lord! We, we don't do it with the Son, or with the Father, or with the Spirit. The beauty of this Trinity is how they work together. May all that the Trinity has planned for your life, may it come to pass. Praise the Lord! young boy picked five pebbles, <laughs> put grace in his pocket, <laughs> and as long as grace was on his side, that Goliath was coming down. The Bible says it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit. That mountain moves, not by your power, not by your might, but by the spirit of God. May grace and grace multiplied come your way. Praise the Lord! May the foundations of everything that is not of God in your family, in your life, in the church, the church in this land, in the nation and the nations, may the foundation of everything that is not of God respond to this your shout and crumble. Praise the Lord! character Satan is just a useless character. He always thinks that he has checkmated us, that that's the end. 
he's boxed us in. As Jesus was being crucified, they were planning a party in hell. But the Bible says, had they known, had they known, had they known, they would not have crucified our Lord of glory. So I speak over your life. Had they known, they would not have done that. Had they known, they would not have tried that. Had they known that what they were doing was putting the final nail in their coffin, they would not have done that. Had they known that it was one step towards perfecting God's plan. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, they were preparing to celebrate. Jesus said it is finished. What he was saying is it is perfectly perfect. The plan is in place. I prophesy that by this, by this shout, things will lock into place. Things will settle down. Things will find their place. The lines will fall for you in pleasant places. Praise the Lord! Every time God wants to move his children, the enemy tries to hold them back. But I prophesy over your life that this is a new dawn. This is a new beginning. This is a new day. What God has purposed, no one can stop it from coming to pass. A new day for your life. A new day in your family. A new dawn for the church. A new dawn in the nation and the nations. And so for this last shout, those who understand those things tell us eight is the number of new beginnings. For this last shout, your prophetic action is to step away from where you were. So that those who are looking for you at that address, you are not there anymore. Can someone say, I'm not there anymore? Can someone say, I am changing my address by this shout? So when you, when you give this shout, take a step or two steps, and you're signifying by that prophetic action that where I was when I came in, I'm not there. Those of you at home, stand to your feet. If you're in the hub, connect with what's about to happen. When you say, praise the Lord, boldly step, and every, every chain that is holding you down, every constraint that is keeping you, keeping you, every restraint I declare is broken in the name of Jesus. How do these things happen? I don't even understand them myself. But I sense a very strong prophetic unction here. And so it will be in the name of Jesus. Are you ready? This is the shout that defines a person's life. Believe me, I, I, feel, I sense that very strongly. That in this simple, seemingly stupid act, God is going to do mighty things. Welcome to your new dawn. Praise the Lord! Jelele <laughs> 
In the name of Jesus, Sale, 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 for destiny, for the kingdom, Jeprosoto, Jeprosoto, Totova, Zeke Kerriereba, a new dawn. In the name of Jesus, a new beginning. In the name of Jesus, a new season. In the name of Jesus, every stronghold broken. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we bless you, oh God. Zabo, 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 Zabo. We bless you, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, as we, as we pray, oh God, we can't even pretend that we fully understand what you have done spiritually. But from what we receive, I declare a new dawn for your children. I declare a new beginning for us as a people, for your children. I declare a new day in the name of Jesus. I declare that someone comes out of that wilderness into God's plan and purpose for their lives. I declare that someone is no longer roaming around after today. I declare, Father, that it crystallizes in someone's mind what you would have them do. And Father, I declare that your joy your joy, your unspeakable joy becomes our portion in the name of Jesus. Father, your children are hungry for you. Will you pour out your spirit into our lives? Father, will you raise us as a people of God who will give all for you, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for testimonies that will abound. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name, and wherever we are, that word amen means so be it. So let's lift our voices and declare amen.